It is time for the new Dan Vogler 4D Experience Podcast. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go for a ride. Lizzie, Lizzie Feldman, queen of the wild <laughs> frontier. Danny, Danny Fogler, also of the wild frontier. Yes, it is I, Dan, the wild frontier Fogler. <laughs> <laughs> That's French. I didn't, I didn't, uh, uh, I didn't realize that. Um, it is uh, wow it is we're recording are you okay with that we started already we've already started listen I'm I'm okay I I, I figured that's what I was getting myself into here and we got gold already (laughs) (laughs) I mean we're done right that's it that's all we need that's it that's all we ever needed Um, first of all first of all Congratulations on your Thank you. uh, four millionth Emmy nomination. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is my this is actually my first primetime Emmy no. nomination. No way! I thought you were a millionaire. Well, I wow. have you know. Listen, not to brag, but I do have I do have uh, a, a a couple of I have four daytime Emmys. Um, and they are the same, you know, it's the same, you know, um, statue. But, uh, no, this is actually my first uh, primetime uh, nod, as they say. Okay, so how many, wow. Okay, so Dead to Me, um, for our listeners, my wonderful friend created it, writing it. Uh, you are helming it, as they say. My goodness. <laughs> I, I mean, that is incredible. I love that. Well, I'm, thanks. I'm thanks. so very proud of you. Um, Thank you very much. So you we've, have, uh, so we've come a long yeah. we've come a long way. We uh, I, I don't know if you've already done a preamble for your listeners about our uh, extensive uh, history together, but um, you know the very first things I ever made, videos I ever made were with you, you know, the, uh, yes. we, we were, we were, <laughs> we were creative partners, uh, back in the VHS recorder days, like those really big cameras that you had to hoist wow. on your shoulder. Yeah. Do you remember some of the things that we did? What? I, of I course. Remember. Yes. Of I remember course this I one I mean, thing where, I remember you had a, um, oh, my God, I remember a lot of things, but I, re- I remember you had, like, an old-timey kind of, like, carriage, like, horse and yeah. carriage, but, like, without the horse in your house. Yeah. And we were doing, like, a, we were doing, like, a, like a settler scene, and I think, and, and we were, like, <laughs> it was, like, the old, <laughs> old West. And then, I, and then someone suggested, like, you know what? If we put an apple in Lizzie's bra, we could stab her real easy. Like, remember that shit? <laughs> yes. Yeah, there, fucking... there was a lot of violence. There was a that lot was of violence stupid. in our early work. Um... <laughs> oh, we that, that was like William Tell with your booby. But we fucking yeah. we yeah we we did it. We stabbed that apple. I don't know why I was yeah, stabbing you. That's all I remember though. My God, that's, we, that's crazy. We did, that. we did a lot of, like, fight scenes, you know, where we tried to put the yeah. camera at a certain angle so it looked really real. And, uh, and yeah, we were, combat, and this is We're talking, right? exactly. And I think this is, like, we're talking, like, 1990, you Whoa. know? So I think we're, we're easily, we're easily a night. <laughs> so just 30 years ago, um, making, fuck. like, really silly videos together. Um so yeah, we, uh, you know, it's uh, it, yeah. 
Yeah, we hung out a lot. That uh, yeah, all these things, all these memories are flooding back. We went to Poly Prep, um, the notorious uh, Poly Prep uh, Country <laughs> Day School, which has a, it has a, it's in the news for uh, quite often for all the wrong reasons. But we had a wonderful. We did the theater there, and we had a great theater. And um, yeah, we would uh, yeah skip classes. You remember how we got each other yeah. out of classes? Yes, we were getting to, I mean, it was, we were, can you hear me? Okay. Um, Yes, I can. Now I can, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, we we were rascals uh, together in high school. I mean, we met, I was in eighth grade and you were a freshman in high school when we met, uh, just because I like to remind the world that you're older than I am and you always will be. And, uh, and, (laughs) and we would, we would, it was a, it was a small school and you could very easily walk into, uh, the, the Dean, which is, uh, you know, in, in stuffy private schools, that's the person who's in charge of each grade. And you, and we would steal their, (laughs) we would steal their, their, um, you know, personalized notepad that had their name on it, which is what they would write notes on if they needed to, like, take a kid out of class. So we we would steal those pads and then forge notes and then drop off the note to, you know, the teacher of whoever's class, and then the teacher, you know, would just say, oh, well, Dan, there's a note for you. And then you would pretend like you had to go see, like you were getting in trouble, but really, you know, skipping class and hanging out and uh, in the dummies together. That's so Ferris Bueller of us. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's like low line Ferris Bueller, but it's still Ferris yeah, Bueller. Yeah. I, I, uh, and it was so cool because he'd sit there and, and we figured out, some, how did no one else figure out this method that when the dean no. sent, the dean sent a stapled letter, so the teacher wouldn't even read it. I mean, you could, it's hysterical. You'd get the letter and it would have the, you know, the dean's, um, you know, uh, header on it, and then you'd open it up, and it would say, like, hey, butthead, time to skip class, you know? <laughs> like, you know, very silly uh, things to each other. Um, yeah, that was – I can't believe we never got caught. We didn't – we were smart about it. We, we did it uh, – we we didn't do it like that all the time, but I remember we did it. We did it a lot. Yeah, we um, did it a lot. <laughs> we did yeah, it. And, it's really uh, a wonder that it's a wonder that we both uh, graduated from high school, frankly. Um, well, I remember and, you being so. You were a much better student than I was. I mean, I was not the best student, but you at least did your homework, right? Yeah, I mean, I was. Um, I I think I did sort of not quite the bare minimum to get by, but I was. You know, I, I probably could have been a better student, but, like, I think I had – I was about a B-plus student. That's – that's uh, that's if I'm being honest. I think uh, I was I, – I did, like – I did enough to, to do okay, but I definitely was still the kid that, like, they called my parents, and they were like, she's just not living up to her potential. There was definitely – Don't you hate that? that. Don't, how do you – how the fuck do they know what your potential is? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I hated and that like, when, I, when my teachers would say that to my parents, my parents yeah, were gonna yeah, say that. You got a lot of that. that. Yeah, I did. I did get a lot of that. Well, I don't like, think he's like, his. I want. I want people to understand. I want, especially people who who love and are fans of you, to understand that, like, this guy, even when he was, you know, fourteen, fifteen years old, like, it was so obvious that you were gonna be an actor um, and a good one that. You, they, they let you get away with so much shit <laughs> because it was just like, ah, Dan, he's hilarious. Like, he'll be fine. And uh, it was like there was just such like a, a, like everybody just sort of knew like that you were just sort of operating in your own kind of like universe, you know, like where it was like it was okay that like you weren't the best student because nobody thought you were going to go try to become a college professor. Like everybody knew you were going to be an actor, but you already were an actor. I mean, even in high school, like, you were incredibly good. And it was, you know, and, and all, those of us who were in plays and musicals with you, you know, it, it, was, it, was, just in, it was just a, a known thing, like, this guy's the real deal. And now look at you. 
most likely to become an actor. And they were right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. Are you? Where yeah. are you right now? By the way. Um, I'm in the UK you right are. now. God, you're half yeah. a world away. I'm half a world away, and and you're you're in you're in Cali. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're in LA. in LA. Okay, so yeah. let's let's talk about let's talk about what that's like uh, at the moment. Okay, it's real weird. <laughs> um, you know, it's we it's it's a little dystopian, frankly, just because you know things at the beginning of this, you know, these COVID times were. Where it seemed like California was like the first to kind of shut everything down, and we seemed to know what we were doing, and we got that it was a, you know, this really you know monster problem, and everything seems to be on the right track, you know. Uh, and I think what happened is we opened up too soon, and uh, now we find ourselves in a very different situation. And you know, it's, um, you know, when you're in lockdown and you're, you know, having to deal with this sort of very new way of life where you don't get to see anybody and, you know, go anywhere, do anything, you know, for two months, it's like, okay, I can wrap my brain around this two months. Um, you know, now we're, it's August and there's no sign of it, of it, of it, of it, you know, of anything sort of changing or really opening back up. So it's, you know, it's a, it's quite a, uh, a mind fuck, quite frankly. I was thinking, um, just a suggestion, like, because I've I've been, you know, like, I, I get paranoid, I get crazy, and they don't have guns here, you know, right? Um, which is a good, which is a good thing, but I'm just like, fuck, if the shit hits the fan and I don't get out of town in time and I'm stuck here, like defending my house. You know, I, I'm getting all home alone in here. You know, I'm just like setting up. I got like booby traps, and I got like I bought a shitload of fireworks. I was like, anyone comes to my fucking door, they got a mouthful of fucking the Interceptor Fun Pack. I'm not even fucking. I'm not even fucking kidding. Well, that's kidding. um, you know, listen, I I know that you get, I know that you you sort of go to your imagination. I think is is sometimes too good, perhaps. Um. Not that you're wrong and who the hell knows, you know, I don't know. But I try to, like, you know, I don't know. I try to focus on the positive, I guess, and, like, you know, um, it doesn't feel like the shit's going to hit the fan here, per se. I mean, you're in a foreign country, you know, granted it's the U.K., which feels sort of the least foreign as it can get. But, like, you know, here, like, it's more just honestly. There's just more of like a sad feeling than than a, than a feeling of like impending anarchy. It's more just like you know. I, I just feel for especially people who have children. Um, you know, like just having to deal with what's school going to be and how are they going to keep their kids afloat and stuff. Like you know, it's that feels really challenging here. But I'm you know I'm really fortunate and and grateful because I can work. You know, I'm we're writing the third season of dead to me. I can do that, you know, uh, from zoom. And so I'm able to like, you know, focus on something else every day and really pour myself into, into, you know, something creative, which is great. Um, but I try not to get too caught up in like the what if and the sort of the pontificating about the scariest version of what could happen. I feel like I'll deal with whatever happens as it does, but like, you know, I'm I'm um, I'm just sort of like trying to trying to get through it as uh, peacefully as possible. Well, just do yourself a favor. You know what a punji a punji pit <laughs> is? Just just dig a little punji pit right right under your welcome mat and fill it with all of the Emmys, and and, <laughs> and someone will fall in there and hurt themselves on your Emmys. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure no. the, e- seen, the Emmy. By the way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my Emmys are sharp. By the way, they are. They could oh, be yeah. used as weapons for sure. Oh, um, have I you think seen they have the show? Been. I think In they movies, actually like... un- unintentionally. Yes, I think they have been. Um, yeah. Have you seen the oh. show Alone? I watch everything Alone, Lizzie. Nowadays. No, no, no. Have you seen? It's literally <laughs> called Alone. <laughs> no, no. What is it? 
Okay. It just reminded me of it when you said build a build a pit. Um, it is a it is a survival show um, where they literally drop oh. people off alone in the middle Naked. of the Arctic or the middle of like oh. Patagonia, and it is it's a very it's a very apropos show for our times because it's about people <laughs> just trying to survive. Are they naked? Um, no, because it's generally quite um, cold wherever they are. Um, I don't. I don't normally this, grab. Not, yeah. I was gonna say I, like I, this isn't. If yeah. you're looking for something salacious, this is not it. But you know. No, I'm just saying no. that because I want. I once saw a show where they drop these this couple off like this just a pair of people off totally naked two strangers off in the middle of the of the woods but uh, and they have to survive but um, oh that's naked and afraid i think that's called naked, naked and, and afraid. afraid yeah yeah naked and afraid i mean afraid. it's in the Which, title <laughs> i don't normally uh, yeah exactly i don't normally i don't <laughs> i don't normally watch those shows unless i like the only time i saw that show was i was in <laughs> i was in japan and um, I was like, oh, God damn it. Let me find something that, where they're speaking English. And, you know, and I found this show. And I was like, oh, they're speaking English. Thank God. And, and I was like, okay, I guess I'll watch this show. And in Japan, it was just translated to naked. <laughs> uh, that's what I would watch. Uh, I would watch naked. <laughs> and it was just like these two southern southern people totally naked in the middle of the jungle and this um this woman who had been on the show before doing really really well just you know slogging through the swamp avoiding alligators completely naked made a makeshift swamp bag and fucking the guy who was with her who was like yeah i'm a marine and i have a fucking he's like crying the whole time yeah <laughs> <laughs> was just the, yeah those shows are crazy they are crazy. They are crazy. I don't know but, but if I could, I'm telling you, there's I something. Could. There's something weird in normal life. You know, in 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 uh, in BC life before COVID life, I wouldn't n- normally watch shows like that. Like it wouldn't really appeal to me. But there's something about it, given you know, everybody's uh, life experience right now. That there's, I just recommend it to anybody who's listening. That's all. Call the loan. Yeah. Okay, so so let's talk about school for a second. Let's go back. Just, just, let's take a little okay. time warp. A little time warp back. Let's do it. And uh, we're okay. So we're you know we're at school and and yeah you know I wasn't I was not the best student and and I would um, I would definitely get away with a lot. Um, I would I would. I would like make like in my chemistry class, I couldn't do the assignment, so I'd make a movie, you know, and like say like right. like thank God, thank God we had like I, I had a perfect storm, you know. I don't know if I was in if I was in any other school, I probably would have been expelled, you know. We we were very sheltered there, yeah. and they they definitely like you said they supported our skills. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I that yeah, was we, such were, a, we were we were huge foundation. Definitely. I mean, look. It's I. I feel, I feel badly that the that the school is mired in a lot of sort of unfortunate history that has been uncovered, and you know, much of which happened before we were there. Uh, some of which happened after we were there. But um, but the truth is that like we really were lucky and so privileged to get to go to you know a school like that that was small enough that you know where they could really actually focus on like what each kid was really capable of you know and like like the same like I I remember and my my sister and I still joke about it because my sister went to the school too as did your brother and um in in eighth grade like instead of having to write some like big history report I made I made a talk show like a like a recorded a video <laughs> talk show where I basically played a version of Sally Jesse Raphael um but it was about I remember that. history. Yeah. Totally remember it was that. Called, it was called Mexico Then and Now. And um, my sister and I sang the theme song. <laughs> and she, she videotaped it for me. And um, it is, uh, and it's like, that's what I did instead of writing a, a history paper. And you know what? Like, they let us. 
they let us do stuff like that. And, you know, and then it's, it's, it's just amazing. It's crazy to think about that being 30 years ago. And I think we maybe talked about this the last time I was on your podcast, but like when we were, you know, in high school, we, we would talk about the fact that like there hadn't ever been any like real sort of Hollywood people that had gone to the show, had gone to uh, the school. You know, we were we were looking for role models. We were looking for people like who could we be like, and you know, there really hadn't been any uh, actors or writers or directors like you know that that had gone on to do anything. And so uh, we were we said to ourselves back then, like, well, maybe we'll be those people. You know, maybe maybe we'll be people who become you know. Uh, well-known or successful, you know, entertainment people. And then, like, one day, like, high school kids will be like, oh, wow, Dan Funkler went to Polypath or Liz Feldman went here. Like, you know, it's just so crazy to think about those were real conversations we had back then. Those were, like, you know, dreams that felt so far away. And now, um, now we're in our 40s, and here we are. Man, we were cocky. You know what? Let me tell you something. <laughs> that's uh, no, we had the, that. That's what that's what it takes, I guess. You know, you we had the balls back then to say, you know what? Fuck it, we'll be the ones that'll come back with the accolade. Like, yeah, what? You know, it was yeah. ours for the taking. You know, um, I I um, I just so Rebecca Feldman for the listeners was the um, the maestro behind the uh, spelling bee. She pulled everybody together. I mean, Rebecca Feldman, your sister. I used to watch her. Um, I think she was like one of the first school plays I ever saw. I, I saw her in Fiddler on the Roof with yeah, my brother. Me too. I think that. Yeah, and you were totally. you were sitting. I think we talked about that. You were we were both sitting in the chapel together, you know, watching that yep. same fucking show on those uncomfortable fucking seats. But I, yep. I was enthralled with the production, um, and. It was probably, yeah, one of the first school, and it was in those moments where I was like, whoa, I, I kind of like this school, and I would love to do school plays here, you know? Um, and, and your sister was the, like, I, I remember seeing her on stage and being like, wow, she's, she's talented. And, um, so that's crazy, like those first seeds um, yeah. being sown there. It's, it's wild. So we, so we go on. And um, so I didn't know it. I, I couldn't do anything else but act. So I go to to Boston University, and you you followed me there. I love the story. This is I love the story. How you decided to go? Can you, can you tell us? Can you tell that story? Yes, I will. So okay. So so I so you know Dan graduated first, and then you know I had another year to go, and then at the end of my senior year of high school, I was already. Um, I already sort of had a career as a stand-up, which is weird. Uh, but I had started doing stand-up um, when I was about a junior in high school and was getting pretty into it. And I, I uh, was supposed to go to Vassar College, and instead I got a job working on a show called All That for Nickelodeon about a month after I graduated from high school. So instead of going to college, I moved to Orlando, Florida, I, you know, do this crazy job, which was a dream and a nightmare all wrapped up into one. (laughs) And, you know, when I was done with that show, it was still like, I think it was like October or November. No, it was October. And um, it it was your birthday. And I remember I came to visit you in Boston. Uh, It was around your birthday. And we were just like... We were, you know, we were just, like, having a great time and, like, I'm sure, like, smoking pot and being crazy. And you were like, oh, hey, I'm supposed to go to this audition to, to um, try out for the improv group, you know, and, which is, like, there's only one at BU. And, of course, it was spontaneous combustion because you actually legally have to name your college improv group um, something, something that um, ridiculous. So, the, so you, you were like, you should come with me. And I was like, I don't even go to school here. And you were like, who cares? So we go to this audition for the improv group and, like, meet all these fun people and have a great time. And, 
you know, listen, not to brag, but like we were like the best ones. And, um, and then afterwards, uh, you, we had a friend who was already in the group named Katie. And she was like, listen, like, if, if you went to school here, everybody agrees, like, you, you could be in this group, you know, but you have to go to school. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just, like, be, like, a random person um, just hanging out. And so literally <laughs> the, next, the next day, I think I probably, like, extended my trip, and the next day I walked into the admissions office at Boston University I sat there and I filled out an application, and I, I think I, I think I sat for an interview, and um, and I got in, and so <laughs> that is why I went to BU because I really just wanted to be in this improv group with you, and so I was able to start my freshman year in January. I moved to Boston, and um, and we were in this group together, and. You know, we, we, it was, that is a weird reason to go to college, but it is definitely why I went to BU. Again, really ballsy, man. I think that's like, like, wow, that's like being in Vegas, you know? It's like, (laughs) you were just like, you know what I mean? Like, you were just like, man, I am going to, screw it, screw it. I'm just going to buy this ticket right now. You know, I'm going to get that tattoo. It was like so fucking spontaneous. I love it. Well, also, you know, there's another component to it that, you know, I, I probably, that probably has a lot to do with why I went there too, which is why, um, which is that, you know, I, I was, I'm gay and I, you know, this is a really long time ago and I'm 18 years old at this point, but. Did you have a crush? Did you have a crush I, on somebody? Did you have a crush well, on somebody? Well, no, I mean, of course, I'm sure I, I'm sure I did, but, but really, truly was, the, the, the one girlfriend I had had also was in your class. And, it, we had, and weirdly, it's not because we went to high school with her. We actually Holy we met shit, her. Holy shit, I totally we, fucking forgot. Right. We, we, we went to this, I mean, Jordan. like Dan and I were relatively inseparable, Carnegie. so we also spent the summers together. <laughs> and Carnegie one summer Mellon. we went, yeah, we went to this drama program. I met this girl. And, um, you know, we, like, had sort of a thing. And, and she also ended up in your class at BU. And so because, because I knew her, because I knew you, everybody else around me already knew I was gay. And it made it so comfortable for me because I didn't have to, like, you know, come out. I didn't have to, you know, have, like, the same conversation over and over again with everybody. So, you know, it, it was a really safe and comfortable place to land. So, you know, that, and then of course, coupled with, you know, being in the improv group, like I, it just was like, it was a really like lovely, you know, it just felt like the right thing to do because I could really be myself and, and, you know, and I'm so grateful actually for that because I would have had a very different experience because believe it or not, even, even just 25 years ago, it was a very different experience, you know, being a young gay person. So, um, yeah, but that's a big reason too. Yeah. You had, you had roots there. I mean, man, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, I can see that you were just like, that's, you're going out, you're going into the real world and you, you, you saw that you had friends there and just, that seems, yeah. I'm glad you made it. No, me, I'm so grateful to you. I mean, like, you were really, you know, uh, and, and it's funny because I really did follow you for sure, but, like, it, you were not, you, it was never because you were like, you should do this. Like, it was just, you know, you were, you know, like, you know, we were, we, you were my best friend, and, and it was, you know, it was like, obviously I wanted to be near you, but you also just created a really kind of safe space for me to, you know, just to be myself, which I really, uh, I will forever be grateful for even though i don't even think you were hit on purpose <laughs> you just did it help it, you know it helped that you were cool that's for sure um <laughs> <laughs> and by and by the way you know the the friends you know that i made through you there because most of my closest friends ended up being people in your class not the people in my class um you know, are still my best friends to this day. And Kelly Hutchinson, who you introduced me to literally that first weekend when I came to visit you, uh, 
when I came to visit you in October around your birthday, I met Kelly Hutchinson that weekend. And now, 20, 26 years later, she's a writer on Dead to Me. And, you know, we're still very close friends. And, you know, it's uh, crazy. Full, full circle. Crazy, man. That is so, that's, that's, I feel like we should, if you, I just thought of something. I don't know. If you had, a, if you ever had a desire, if you ever had a desire to write a coming of age movie like about yourself during those times, I would watch that. Of course, I'm biased, <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, like basically in high school, coming out to your to your family, then traveling to, I mean, and 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 keep all the you know it's. You know, we're the we're the keep all the names historically <laughs> correct. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people that we we cross paths with. I, I still think it's an interesting movie. Maybe, I don't know. I'm, yeah, just I'm, plant, I'm, I'm planting I'm, seeds. I'm, I'm planting them. You plant. Yeah, go ahead. You plant a seed. You never know what'll grow. And uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I think I, it's funny. Like I always. Even though I am a storyteller for a living, I'm always like, oh, I like my own literal stories. I'm like, eh, nobody, nobody would be interested in that. <laughs> it's always better when yeah, I make would. something up. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Ballsy. Um, ballsy. Ballsy. I know, I, I always I talk about the fact that I had bigger balls when I was a young person than I do now. Um, you know, I think sometimes your balls shrink over the years. I don't know if that's literally biologically true, but it feels like it. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I don't know. That might be goddamn government's attacking our testicles. <laughs> what What is the vibe where you live, Dan, in in London? What, what, what so weird? What is the vibe there around all that's going on? Well, it's oh my god. Oh right, okay. We start, I thought I thought we started talking at seven. I was like, I, it, it, this time just flies when I talk to you, girl. Girl. Um, no, we, we were talking at seven thirty. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So what's it like here? Um, it's pleasant, you know, as you would imagine. It's very, uh, you know, their whole the whole motto is, you know, stay calm, carry on. But uh, right. And you know, we've been through worse. There's people that, you know, you go out and some people are wearing hazmat suits and then other people are not wearing anything. It's like they're acting like nothing happened. And mm. um, It's at the very beginning of it, yeah, it was like, it was very stressful. Now it's, you know, I'm, uh, it's like we're starting to get used to it and that's kind of freaky too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like... In the beginning, we had we were we, we were homeschooling the kids, and just and, and that 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 kept me sane. You know the 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 structure of you know setting yeah. up uh, stuff to do for them, and you know scheduling out the day, like that was very helpful. Um, <clears throat> but you know now I'm just like my God, I'm spending quite a bit of time with my children, <laughs> my wife, <laughs> you know, which is why. Uh, which is why I do these podcasts, you know, to talk to other adults and, and um, you know, I've been doing quite a bit of those. But my, my you know, Franny, um, she's she, <clears throat> she's four now, so she had a birthday in uh, spring and and um, Edie and Jody are both in July. So, you know, I'm just, it's it's always like a whirlwind trying to plan all these birthdays. and um, Yeah. And so <laughs> my... My daughter Franny does this thing, which uh, and you met man. She was at your wedding. Oh no, that was Edie. Wait, fuck! I no, that was Edie. I'm, I'm That's such Franny, a, of course. What a blur! What a blur! So, Franny does this thing now, which is hysterical. Um, and she says, uh, like she says, I'm never gonna do that ever again. She does. She does this <laughs> thing like we're like Franny, honey, Franny, you're. You're like, honey, you're having too much chocolate. You know, you, you just ate too much chocolate, honey. You, we already said don't eat any more chocolate. And she goes, fine, fine. I'm never going to have chocolate ever again. And then we go, honey, <laughs> honey, 
we didn't say that. You said that. You said you didn't want to have trauma. And then, and then she goes, fine, fine. I'm never going to say ever again, ever again. And then, you know, and, then we start, <laughs> and then we start fucking cracking up. And then she's just like, gets angry at us. And it's so adorable. She's like, it's serious. It's so serious. I'm never going to say ever again, ever again. And she just like, <laughs> my God, what? It's like an it's like an insane asylum here, but you know they're they're adorable. So, what can you do? Uh, <laughs> I'm very I'm very excited about going back to work. Except I'm also trying not to get excited because it's September first. So I just have this I just have this like. Is that when you're supposed this, to start again? It's September first. Yeah, again. But I feel like I'm just on this endless, you know, Groundhog Day cycle where yeah. it's like, okay, we're we're getting ready to go, and then they shave me down, and I got my mustache, and I'm like running, they, you know, they and I'm running to work, and then they're just like, whoop, lockdown, and then I just, and then it's just <laughs> like <laughs> I have to go in lockdown again, and then it's like, okay, we'll start up again maybe next October. It's just like. Well, it's it's insane it's like the year that was lost to time i mean truly it is i mean you know and i talk about this with rachel my wife all the time like we're just like what are we gonna when in two years and three years however the hell long it takes for this to really truly pass like when we look back at this time you know like what will we see that we wouldn't allow ourselves to see now you know what what will we reflect on that was like just too hard to think about, you know, in this moment that we're living in. You know, it's like when you're going through something traumatic and you don't quite realize that you're going through something traumatic until later. You know what I mean? Like, an, like you're, it's almost too much totally. to process. So, so your brain just doesn't even let you. And then, you know, you move, you move on from that experience and you look back and you're like, holy shit. Right. That was insane. I can't believe we lived through that. Like, I, 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 I very much look forward to that time when we look back, you know, from a new place. Well, it is, like, it's weird. I started to think, like, wow, what it, it's like almost like a hostage in the situation, you know? It's like, yeah. It's, it's, it's like I, I, I'm in my backyard, can't go to the gym, so I've, I'm like Rocky Balboa from the fourth movie in Rocky, you know, when he's, like, in, in, the wind, in Russia, and he's, like, lifting yeah. logs. Like that's, that's uh-huh. what I'm doing. I'm like, I'm I'm staying in shape by like lifting folding chairs and shit. It's it's ridiculous. Um, and what what's I don't know. It's like what's freaky is it feels like almost an open air uh, prison. I don't. It, it feels weird to say mm. that, but just yeah. the, the ground. Like I say, the Groundhog Day of it. It's like it's like almost. Um, you know, it's like, uh, what's it called? Like house arrest or something. It's like we're all on fucking house arrest, you know? Yeah, and, it does um, feel like that. It does feel like that. It's like we're free to go, but there's, you know, there's there's danger outside. So, you know. And do you guys, like, weird. what is the, what's the level of, like, going out that you feel comfortable with, like, over there? Is it, like, could you guys go to a cafe and sit outside? Would you do that? Like, yeah, or, Jody and or, I. Ha- yeah, yeah, Jody and I have for her birthday. <laughs> it's just so weird. For her birthday, we went out uh, to a restaurant like <laughs> the first time in fucking months, uh, and we sat outside on a balcony that was like overlooking a parking lot. You know, <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> and people like walking by and like staring at us, and we were so, we were so happy. It was like it just felt, it felt. It was the little things, you know. We felt so civilized, like yeah. Even though the even though the um, the waiter, even though she wore a, a mask, um, I don't know, man. It's so fucking. It's 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 surreal. Yeah, it's it, you know how many times can you say it's surreal? But yeah, it feels like we're in a Twilight Zone episode. Totally. Yes, um, it does. And yeah, you can. You can, you, like, we're gonna go. We're gonna go to to um, take a mini vacation the next couple of days. Just get okay. the fuck out. 
we're going to like some beach up north and we're just going to, you know, chill there for a little bit. Um, and it's really my rehearsal for, you know, what happens if we have to bug out, mm-hmm. you know, and it's basically our route is, um, I guess it would be halfway to where we would, we, we would go, which is near Stonehenge, right? Like, a, oh my um, God. we have a place wow. out there, um, where we would go if, you know, I, I I think it's better to have a bug out plan and not need it than to need a bug out plan and not have it, you know? Fair. I yeah. don't have I don't have a million Emmy awards that I can just chuck at people, you know. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I can't make a I can't make an obstacle course out of <laughs> Emmy Awards. <laughs> Listen, uh, my obstacle yeah. course would be very short, so you know it's not um, no, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's nice that you guys are going to like just get a change of scenery. That sounds great. Um, you know, and I, I hear you on the bug out plan. I, um, yeah, I, I do. I more, I tend to more think of like long-term bug out plans, like not like the sort of catastrophized version of it, but more like the, do I really want to live in this country? You know, like, is this really, if we, you know, God forbid, God forbid this continues on for four more years. Um, you know, is this really, is this really where I want to be? Um, I do, I do think like that. Um, I ask those questions of myself, but um, I hope that, uh, you know, that's, it's, I don't have a great answer is the truth because, well, as of right now, Americans aren't really welcome anywhere. Um, you know, we are, because of our COVID situation, um, not many places are interested in, in uh, receiving receiving us. So, Filthy I mean, look, Americans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have, we have good friends in Canada, but I don't, I, I, you know, I don't know that that's a great long-term plan. Um, I don't, I don't love the cold. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think myself like so many other people like I, I'm like New Zealand sounds pretty good um it's beautiful I've been there it's it's um you know we wouldn't have to learn a new language um but uh I don't know if they'll have us so we'll see you gotta start working on your accent crying <laughs> um it's, that's I think what you were doing with Australia let's be honest isn't it similar there in New Zealand it is. It's like it's. I feel like they would be offended that you think it's similar. <laughs> I but know. Like, it, it, to, to, <laughs> to our ears, it's pretty similar. But it's like it's a little. There's a, there's a, like a whiff of difference. Maybe like between like a, a New York and a New Jersey accent, or like a New York and right. a Philly accent kind of thing. Um, it's not so crikey, so schnikey. What is it? Exactly. Um, so you're, if you're supposed to start shooting in September, how long will you then? How long will that take? I assume it'll take three to six years. Um, I fuck. I supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, I think it's supposed to take. I mean, I think they want to shoot September, October, November, December. Take a little breaky for the holidays, and then finish off whatever they need to do. January, February, something like that. That sounds about right. That's about six, seven months. That's how long these things usually take. Fuck. Got it. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And then um, that's how much longer I'll fucking be here. And then wow. and it's, lo- it's nice. Um, I may come back. I may come back to me. I'd like to come back to New York and see Brooklyn again. I I definitely have gone through an inventory of, like, Let's see. What's in New York that I will miss? Well, my parents, um, my yeah. comic books. That's it. My parents and my comics. Um, I'm I'm trying to get my fucking, you know, I'm trying to get all my friends to get the fuck out. Like, come. I want you. Like, if I, I feel like I, I have to go to nowhere. Remember, we were we were gonna come visit. We were like 
you know, that was those were you were you were a part of our April plans. We were gonna come over, you know, while I was on uh, you know, while I was on hiatus and we were gonna come and see you and I was gonna come visit you on the set and we were gonna see the kids and you know, um and uh then it all went to shit. Yeah. I, I can't, I, I mean, you know, knowing your family so well, I'm like, oh, I can't imagine, like, your mom having not seen you, you know, and the girls for so long. Like, she must be crawling out of her skin. What's insane is that we just, every time we FaceTime my parents, um, they're, like, they're always in, sitting in the same exact spot on the couch. I don't think they leave that <laughs> And they just laugh and laugh, and they're having the greatest time. I think they've gone insane, and I think it's it's suiting them. You know, I think it, <laughs> I think it, I think it works for them really well. Um, you know, I feel like they just turn off the Facebook, and then just like they power off. You know, okay, yeah. bye bye. You know, and then it's like, uh, it's like Your the Chuck E. Cheese. Like total small wonder. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the Chuck E. Cheese uh, animatronic show where yeah, <laughs> you know, they come to life for, from the waist up <laughs> um, every, time, every, every other Saturday. Um, fuck, man. Uh, yeah. So, all right, let's talk about good things. Do you remember <laughs> growing up and watching um, Married with Children and – I had a crush on Christina Applegate. Did you have a crush on her? I did not. I did not. And to be totally honest, I didn't really watch that show. I don't know if it's just because maybe like because uh, I'm 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 the baby of my family. I didn't really have control of the television a lot, <laughs> so I don't like nobody in my family watched that show. So I mean, I was aware of it and I've certainly seen it, but it wasn't like a constant thing. Um, but I'll tell you that I did love. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Uh, ah yes, of course. Came out like I think it was I think it was like maybe ninety ninety one, and I mean I thought she yes. was the coolest, obviously from that. Um, yes. And yeah, I mean it's uh, it's, it's quite something. I mean we Rachel and I recently, I mean in the last couple of years we rewatched uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, and you're like, she was so good, like. And, you know, she was, like, 20 that was shot, and, or maybe if, if even 20. And, like, you can see even in that performance, in that, you know, relatively silly but very enjoyable movie, you know, like, she was formidable, like, really, really good. And, you know, she's, it's amazing. Like, she's just always been good and I think was definitely stereotyped by that married with children, you know, character. Um, but, you know, I think she's definitely <laughs> proven that she's, she is like as, as real as real gets in terms of, you know, her being like, I say real, you know what I mean? Like she's, she's an actress. Like she is like a formidable, really, really gifted actor. I really liked her in, um, I thought she was fucking great in the, Ron Burgundy movie? I thought she was fucking hilarious in that. Yeah, she was great in that. But she's honestly playing a straight woman in that. You know, she's... Yes. She's, which is... Yeah, I mean, it, like... Which is hard not the comic with that guy. It is. It is hard with that guy. Um, and she does a yeah, beautiful so job. Think, she did do a beautiful job. And, you know, I think obviously what's so fun about, you know, working with her on Dead to Me is that like, she is the engine of the of the show, you know, she and yeah. Linda Cardellini and, um, you know, and it's, it's such a weird thing because, you know, I, I created the show and wrote the pilot. Um, and even we started working in the writer's room before we cast Christina and I had actually been developing a show for Christina before, um, I did dead to me. We were working together, coming up with a show with Adam McKay actually and except for the show was a political uh, show in nature. It was set in the world, in that world. And this was like right as um, certain people came to office and, you know, it, it so quickly turned and, you know, 
into a into a subject matter I don't think anybody really wanted to explore. Right, so we, right, we right. sort of like we kind of dropped that idea. Um, so I had already met Christina. I had already, you know, sort of gotten to know her a little bit. And then when we hired our cast directors for Dead to Me, they were like the fir- literally the first name they brought up to me to put a Jen with Christina, having no idea that I had just been working with her. Whoa. That's crazy. Yeah. And what's crazy is that as soon as they said her name, I was like, oh, my God. It was like something in, inside. I just knew immediately that, like, that was right. And, like, that's probably why I had met her and why we had developed a relationship so that she could play this part. Um, and, because, and what's weird is that when I sat down with her, you know, to, to, to talk about her playing Jen, um, she was like, well, tell me about the character. And I was like, you know what? She's a lot like you. <laughs> and I didn't even realize that I was writing, you know, the character. It wasn't on purpose at all. But, like, you know, she, she's obviously a different person, but, like, they have a lot of similarities. And, um, you know, and she actually uh, saw that we were approaching her to play Judy at first. Um, so she thought oh, she was crazy. being approached to play the, the Linda part. Right, and actually right, right, Linda, right. when Linda read the script, she thought we were approaching her to play Jan. So they both read the script thinking that they were going to be playing the opposite role. Funny. I know. So, wait, did they, did they feel good about the roles they got? Or like... <laughs> well, I think, they, I think they probably... I would hope they feel pretty good. They both got nominated for Emmys this year. So, um, yeah, no, they do because I think wow. what it, what I, th- I think the reason why they were, um, were the, why they thought it was the opposite character at first is because, you know, Christina is always the comic relief of everything that she does. She, she's usually playing, like, the funny best friend. And I think when you read the pilot of Dead to Me, Judy – feels more like the comic relief and Jen feels more like the straight person. Um, and, and I think Linda is, is usually approached for more dramas and, you know, more serious roles. So she assumed she was playing the more serious character. Um, but I'm so glad that it worked out the way it did because, you know, it turns out that they are both really well suited for their roles and they have the most amazing chemistry together. You very powerful person. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, I, yeah. I feel like I just have this vision. God willing, the um, the end of the world is postponed somehow. Um, I feel like you got another forty years of like just fucking taking over. You remember when we said we were gonna. Like, I remember we were sitting in that hallway at, at school, and we were just like, yeah, let's take over. <laughs> I don't know, mm-hmm. man. I feel like you're, you're taking over. You're taking over. This is, this is they, okay, that's a lot of Emmy nominations. Um, <laughs> I, okay, so, okay, let's talk about the show for a second, because I think the reason everyone's getting these Emmy nominations is because, it dis- it's distilled down to a beautiful, you know, complex relationship. Um, and obviously it's incredibly entertaining because of the extra layer. Wait, how much can we talk about that? You know, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a big spoiler involved here. Um, um, I think, yeah. I think, you know, listen, it's been out. Uh, the show's been out. Right. Um, I think we can talk about it by saying to anybody who hasn't seen the first or second season of Dead to Me, like, and if you want to watch it, I would maybe go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of the conversation. Um, and, but, but I think, I think we can talk about it. Okay, cool. And, and wait, are you, wear, are you using the wireless earbuds? The ones that you just like, I, yeah, stick in your I'm ear? Using, I think they're called AirPods, I believe. And I think, nope. I always I call yeah. them earbuds. Yeah, can you hear me okay? I can. Those weird me out, though. They weird me out. It's like you're just... They weird you out. Zapping shit right to your ear. Just, just yeah. you know... Yeah, I mean, you're probably, you're probably... You're not wrong, probably, but um, 
I also don't think it's great to hold the phone up to your ear either. Correct. That's mm-hmm. why I'm doing the the old school wire sticking into the thing. Um, okay, so let's talk about I just care for your brain. Um, I appreciate that. So, okay, so we're, I would love to hear how you came up with the concept um, for this show. Um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird story because it's a, <laughs> the, tr- the true story is that I was uh, just called to go into a pitch meeting. And I was told that they were looking for a show for two female leads and that they had a bunch of ideas and, you know, that I just had to go in and, and sort of listen and see if anything clicks and, you know, sort of see how it went from there. Um, and I was in a very sort of dark moment of my life. I had just turned 40. On the day that I turned 40, my cousin unexpectedly died. Um, and I was also in the middle of, like, the, all these fertility treatments, and I was on hormones and trying to get pregnant. And, you know, it was, like, year five of that for me. So I just was not in the best place um, and, and experiencing, you know, quite a bit of grief. And I had just gotten back from, from New York uh, so I could go to my cousin's funeral, and um, I went on this pitch meeting. And to be honest, I was not feeling well. I was like under the weather and I had just come from getting an IV of vitamins just so that I could like get myself to this meeting. And I showed up and it was the end of the day and I, it was really clear that they had been meeting with lots of writers. I saw a guy I knew walking out and I was like, oh, this is like, they're just meeting everybody. So I sit down and they're like, you know what? We're sick of our ideas. Do you have any? And I, like, really, truly didn't. And not in, like, the faux modesty, you know, like, I really had a bunch of ideas in my back. I had nothing in my back pocket. Wow. And I just was like, oh, fuck. Um, And so I start stalling, and I'm asking them questions about what kind of shows they like. And, you know, and I'm I'm just sort of starting to get a vibe uh, about what, you know, what their personalities were like. And... I just was like, you know, I'm thinking, okay, two women. And honestly, like, it is as if from the ether, the concept came to me. I was like, okay, one of them's a widow, and she meets the other one at a grief support group, only her guy didn't die. He just broke up with her. And they become friends, and then, you know, the widow finds out that the other gal's lying and you know you know and we sort of take it from there and that's like that's sort of the initial thought that I had and I I just sort of spit it out and they were like huh like I they were they were intrigued and so I I I walked away from that meeting being like what the hell was that (laughs) that was so weird and I, I came home and I took my temperature and I had a fever like I was like really not well so I call it my fever pitch because it literally, maybe, I don't know, maybe like having a fever made me more sort of open or receptive or something. Um, so I, I kept working on the idea from there, and I was excited because the, these particular producers, like they didn't want to do a multicam, they didn't want to do a network show, they wanted it to be something edgier, something, you know, more for streaming TV, and I had never... Uh, been given that opportunity before I'd always like sort of you sort of get stuck in your genres and I had been doing like you know so many years of of multi-camera sitcoms you know which is great in their own right but a little bit sort of creatively limiting and so I was like wow I could really kind of make this anything I wanted to be and when I started to think about like if I really could write a story right now you know like from a real place of like, you know, I don't know, like from a, from a really true place, I realized like the story I needed to tell was about the grief that I was going through and about the loss that I'd experienced. And so I kind of like let myself create a show from a real place, you know, and 
having no idea if anybody, if they were going to even want to do it or if anybody would buy it. I just was like, let me, as, as like a thought experiment, let me just try to create a show. It's the kind of show I like to watch. Um, and so I kept working on it, and I'd bring it back into these producers. And, you know, each time I brought in a new layer, they were intrigued and they wanted to hear more. And by the end, like I would say by maybe our third or fourth meeting, um, you know, I had, had, I had the whole story of the pilot. I had pretty much the whole first season just in terms of, like, what the episodes could be. I had all the characters. Um, and I had a pitch. Like, I had a full pitch. And, um, you know, for, for whatever reasons, they decided to pass, and they didn't, they didn't feel like it was right for them. And I think maybe it was, like, ended up being darker than they had imagined or something. And so, you know, the, you know the, the idea then was just out there, and I had it, and I could sort of do whatever I wanted with it. And, um, you know, I, I got to pitch it around, and that's, that's how it all started. Liz Feldman is ballsy. <laughs> um, let me, okay, you have to – because I could – I don't know. It's almost like um, – not that you're anything like Howard Stern's movie, but that fucking movie that he made was awesome. What the fuck was his name in that movie? The Howard Stern movie? Are you talking about the one where, like, what, about his life, where he played himself? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm talking no, about a, 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 a biopic. I think it's called Private where Parts. You're in, I would love to see Private Parts. I would love to see, that was, that's a bad... Are you talking about a biography, Dan? Um, I'm, I'm talking about. I'm talking about. I would love to see a scene where you are, because th- that's one of those moments you seem to have. And it's the same thing with the fucking improv, uh, spontaneous combustion. Mm. You seem to have these moments, these crossroad moments in your life, Lizzie, where you have to take all of your skills in that moment and make a decision. And you could have said in that moment, in that room with all those people, you could have said, you know what, let me think on it. Or, you know what, I actually don't have anything right now. Or You could have said a million other fucking things, but instead you decided, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to give them a show right here, right now. I'm going to make it up like a fucking magic trick before their eyes. And you pulled it off. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I really credit having my background be an improv, you know, like, I think, you know, we, you know, you and I, like, I think we took our first real improv class together, you know, uh, at Carnegie Mellon that summer, where maybe you had taken one prior, but, you know, I was like, probably, you know, 16 when I started improvising. And then, you know, in college, it was so much of our life was doing improv. And then, you know, I, I moved out to LA and immediately started the Groundlings and did that for five and a half years. And so, I, you know, I'm a, you know, I, I would call improv like a professional hobby of mine, and it, it is such a great, uh, it's such a great foundation for, well, really, honestly, kind of anything. But it, it, it doesn't, it makes me, it makes me able to kind of think on my feet without, without thinking too hard. Because the truth is, I think. People, you know, it's like so there, there's an argument to be made. I probably maybe I shouldn't have said that in that moment, and I should have gone home and really thought about it and honed it more and whatever. But like, um, yeah, I think because I'm an improviser, I just was like, okay, well, they're asking me <laughs> to do something, and I'm going to say yes, I am because that's what we do. Um, and yes. and I think yeah, I feel so I feel so uh, grateful that that's my background because. Um, you know, not a lot of, not every writer comes from a performing background, but I think it really helps. Do you think that you would go that route at all? Like, I know you have your talk show, right? You have mm-hmm. your, um, your uh, LGBTQ, what is it called? It's, uh, it's called This Just Out. Called? This Just Out. And yeah. uh, you, how long have you been doing that? Uh, I, I did it for about 10 years, and I haven't done it in a couple of years. I, I do love it. It's, it's a little uh, DIY talk show I do from my house, and I interview um, 
famous lesbians <laughs> and people who are of interest to the LGBTQ community. Um, and uh, it is, it's, it's, it's definitely in terms of like creative things I've done, like probably, you know, other than dead to me, I would say my favorite creative pursuit that I've, that I've done. Um, I think maybe part of why I've, ha- I've, it's given me so much joy is because I've gotten to just do it the way I wanted to do it you know, on my own terms with sort of no pressure behind it and it, it, it's not commercialized at all, you know. Uh, I mean, look, I do, I do sometimes dream about, you know, being able to take a show like that or, you know, be, taking my personality and, and, and putting it back in front of the camera. Like, that, that's definitely something I've thought about. Um, I do get a lot of fulfillment out of, you know, creating and writing and producing and upcoming this season directing. Um, you know, I, I like to be in charge. <laughs> I'm a control freak, so uh, it really works well for me. Um, so yeah, I do. I do think about. I do think about performing, but I, I know what it takes. Like I, you know, again, having worked for Ellen, like I see what it takes to to do that every day. Um, and I, I don't think I'd want to do it every day. I don't think I'd, I'd want to be a daily talk show host, but, you know, maybe, maybe sometime in the future, more of a weekly thing or something. Um, yeah, maybe. Ooh, like, 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 uh, what about like a Carol, Carol kind of thing? (laughs) Well, you know, I think, um, you know, it's funny, like, I think, Sometimes I sort of feel like that ship has sailed a little bit. I think I kind of made it, I picked a lane a little bit. Um, and, you know, I, I was always a writer performer, um, always. And then I think, you know, obviously in the last few years, I've definitely picked a lane in terms of being a, being a writer. And, you know, it's, I think it suits me. Um, I, I think there are people at this point who are, who are going to be better at that Carol Burnett thing than, than I would be. I'm pretty out of practice when it comes to like characters and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, you never know. You never know. I'm open. Um, I am very excited. When are the Emmy awards? When, when is the actual thing? The Emmys are, uh, September 20th. Um, well, which shit. might which might end up being like September twenty first for you guys. I don't know because you're eight hours ahead, or it's gonna be very late at night maybe for you guys uh, over there. Um, but cool. But yeah, it's exciting. We'll see what happens. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this one out probably around uh, around that time to uh, for the Emmy hyping excitement. Oh, wonderful! Wonderful. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I feel very. I mean, you know, whatever. Knock, knock, knock. I feel very. I feel very good about your team, about everything going on. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys have a good shot, man. Thank you. Um, I have no idea. How, I don't know, like how it's gonna go. But honestly, like I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled just to be like included and uh, anything else in here is like <laughs> icing on icing. You know. You're practicing for the red carpet. Yeah, it's the red carpet. Come on. I'm going to be, right, probably be in my pajamas at home. <laughs> That's hilarious shit. Right yeah, are they, what, are they going to send the award to you in the mail? Like, what do they do? No idea. No idea. Well, break legs. Thank Thanks you so much. I love you. Thank you so I much love for you. the chat. Yes, thank you for coming on the show. I think a lot of people learn a lot. I see you one day again. Yes, one day we'll, we'll be in the same vicinity. <laughs> I'm oh. sure of it. I hope so. I hope so. All right. Kiss all these girls for me. I will, darling. Okay. Be safe. All right. Thank you, too. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.